man either is or he is not. This is Yoakum Strength Podcast with me, your host, Austin Yoakum. And on this episode of the podcast, we have the legendary Brandon Accardi. Brandon is the owner of Accardi Fitness, a gym located in Australia where he trains savage Olympic lifting athletes. And on this episode of the podcast, we cover just how he does that, why he feels the conjugate approach to Olympic lifting is so beneficial, and the power of training an athlete like an athlete, regardless of the specific sport that they play. This is an awesome podcast with an even cooler dude, and I hope you get as much out of it as I did. Uh, life updates here. It's uh, Thanksgiving. I actually just finished this podcast like an hour ago with Brandon, so this will be the quickest turnaround podcast we've ever had. Traveling for Thanksgiving here coming up. Uh, pretty excited to see the family. Um, just have, yeah, take a little backseat, hang out with the fam for a little bit. Uh, a lot of little cousins I haven't seen for a little bit. We got a turkey bowl at JST tomorrow, so that'll be our last JST session on Wednesday. Coming up, we'll do a little turkey bowl, a little game day for them. Uh, then we'll book it to Foley for a couple of days. Then we got a softball tournament this weekend. So that'll be pretty fun to uh pretty fun end to the um Thanksgiving week. Uh and pretty thankful for a lot of things. And I'm excited to kind of share that with the family. Um just got done climbing with Jake Tura, Alec Blennis, and uh Welty and uh Lockin, and it was a pretty sweet squad there. Um benched uh we had like one rep mac on bench we hit like 12 total reps total as a bunch of group and then just hit arms and chatted for a little bit sauntered for a little bit and now we're here so life is pretty good uh not a ton of updates coming right now we got some cool podcasts coming up i'm excited for four or five of these guests we have lined up uh, we're going brandon in the power plus into three others i'm not sure the order of the three others like that's gonna be a banger of like two months of podcast for you guys so you're welcome there uh and i appreciate you guys listening thank you guys for listening keep chopping wood before we hit the intro music i wanted to introduce to you guys the yokum strength insider the yokum strength insider is our online training platform that takes all of the ideas that we talk about on this podcast and implements them into a program that is available to you at the touch of your fingers our goal with the yokum strength insider is to create better movers to level up your life and to move forward from where you are. We do this in a holistic fashion. Not only will you receive a program that has helped hundreds of people become better movers, you'll also receive access to our app that allows you to track everything, has video links for all exercises, and allows you to be in constant communication with a Yoakum Strength Coach. Along with this, you'll get our 30-page PDF nutrition and lifestyle guidelines. That includes everything from what to eat, how much of it to eat, why we're eating it, meditation habits, and other lifestyle habits that we implement with our clients to really level up their lives. If you're interested in trying out one of these programs, use Podcast 25 in the discount section right before you pay for 25% off your first program. Boom. This is the Yoakum Strength Podcast. Take the leap down the rabbit hole with us as we interview elite-level guests to unravel what high performance really is. I'm Brandon. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you here. Welcome. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm pumped. Why did I say welcome? Do you know what? I've listened to so many uh, Yoakum Strength uh, podcasts. One of my goals at the start of the year... This is so random. Uh, I, I, no, not random. I wrote down, I was like, I want to go on Yoakum Strength Podcast. It's like one of my goals. And 
yeah, it's just been a mad year, and I'm I'm pumped to do this. Well, one, well, we gotta update your fucking goals, bro. If yeah, <laughs> it was one of them, it was one of them. We're here. Um, yeah, uh, month eleven in the year, so we we did it before the end of the year. And that's pretty good. We did it, right? That's yeah. it, hundred percent. Yeah, well, I was just uh, shit. how long ago was our podcast that we had when I was on yours with Alec? Yeah, I think that was maybe about five months ago, four months ago. Yeah, it yeah. was quite. It was a bit of time ago. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that's I we had that. That was a ripper, bro. Like I felt like that was like one of the most fun we've had on a like I've had on a podcast. We just going back and forth, and that was awesome. And I was like, we we got to do this again. Like just energy wise, I have questions I want to ask you, of course. But I was like, just like you said at the start, like I just want to hang out. Like, I think it'll be fun. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Happy so, Thanksgiving for Thursday. Yep, yep. Thanksgiving and what have we got? Like three days, two days. Thanksgiving just got done actually hanging out with Alec, climbing and uh and with Jake at the gym. So that was fun climbing. Um, but we go to your page and we see ton of Olympic lifting and deep squat plyos. You want to take us down the journey? What's, what's like, what's that been like for you? Like, cause I feel like you and Will are the only two I know, and I'm not in the Olympic lifting world. So maybe, maybe I'm just uncultured, but when I was in the Olympic lifting world through high school and through college, the whole thing, like Olympic lifting, it was like, you only do the three lifts. And like, maybe you add hang variations to it, but it was like, there was never any like real creativity there. And I never even thought about like adding creativity there just because I got out of the Olympic lifting game. But it's, you, you see, I see you two doing it. And I'm like, oh my God, there's, there's so much magic. One, just for like the, the interest level of things where you don't want to off yourself because you're doing the same thing over and over again. But I also feel like you can work on so many different attributes of of the technique and uh, of strength in different positions there. So I just like to hear kind of your journey of how you got to the point you're at now with your approach to Olympic lifting. Yeah, it's been a interesting journey. Like as, as someone coming to the page for the first time, there might be, if they're like from that hardcore, like you just do the hyper-specific approach, you just do the the same few things every session. It's a very, it might look like as, a, as though those things are just like fluff or they're a waste of time, but it's actually, uh, yeah, an extremely uh, powerful training model. So the the way in which that we've got to this stage, it's kind of been an interesting place because it's kind of just been um, a combination of combining lots of different concepts. So I know you're big into like the Rob Gray kind of skill development or like uh, explorative movement or however you want to go down that path. But there's been lots of things where we've just kind of combined lots of different concepts from all these different worlds because I just was finding that it was, it was almost like weightlifting was kind of shut off from a lot of these, I don't know, other emerging really intelligent people in other fields, but, uh, where there's a lot of, there can be a lot of, uh, concepts that we can apply to weightlifting that can help our lifters, whether it is like you mentioned, like more engagement, uh, potentially learn the skill a lot faster and then just not stress the body in the same ways all the time whilst developing like this really powerful athlete or this really explosive athlete. Uh, so there's so many athletes like weightlifters. They've got so much tendonitis. They're so burnt out and that's a huge problem. So they leave the sport early or they just plateau. And what happens is in order to progress, in order to improve, you're probably going to have to change the training model. The training environment needs to change. And you can do that just by introducing more skills, introducing uh, whether it is just like really basic, like low IQ, just a different variation or whether it is from, okay, now we need to resort to, you know, you're genuinely really bad at say, this is where we bring in some of the plyometrics and stuff like that, which has been like a big part in our model has been, can you control your center of mass better? Are, can you actually 
sink and yield into a deeper range of motion more comfortably. And if you can't do that with your own body weight and you can't do that uh, very naturally and roll through those, some of those deeper range of motion positions, how are you going to do that from uh, like with 140, 160 kilos? How are you going to redirect that, uh, that load? So it's a, it's an interesting training model because I feel like at the moment it kind of just suits all skill levels because everyone struggles with it. Not whether you're at, like, I have advanced lifters that are like, I have one lifter at the moment. She's top three in her weight class in Australia. And hopefully she'll make it to worlds. Uh, if people are listening to this in a year time, hopefully she's made it to worlds. But, uh, and then we have like beginner athletes who just genuinely cannot like, they're not comfortable in flexion. So we've just tried to draw upon, I know I'm like shitting everywhere with like my response on this question, but we've drawn upon from a lot of different resources and, I've just tried to learn as much as I can over the last couple of years. And like your podcast has inspired me to do that. And yeah, it's been an interesting year. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's so many ways I want to take that. That was a good fucking start to the podcast. Good stuff. That's a banger. (laughs) Um, So the, the injury thing is something I want to, I want to take this a lot of ways, but the injury one is something that you said. And uh, Rob Gray, I know in his book talked about even why parkour landings and landing mechanics and the way of like teaching the same movements with a perfect technique can actually lead to more injuries, not less because of the same wear and tear on the same exact spots. Whereas if you add even just to roll through the jump or like, uh, or you're not sticking it, you're just rolling through the jump, you land and you roll through, uh, you had some twist, you do some stuff, you're able to disperse the stress on the tissues widely. That's cool that you, you brought that up for weightlifting. Cause like, yeah, you're totally right. Like you really can't, like, if you just do those three lifts, you can't get out of like, just stressing the same thing over and over again but you can find a way to get a stimulus through the body that is similar by just changing something slightly so i'd like to know like what have you seen with that have do do especially yourself and maybe will like do you guys feel better like implementing these things have you seen less injuries like like what's been your experience implementing this stuff yeah it's mainly those like itises those like elbow tendon like say the elbow tendonitis the patella tendonitis uh like yeah, tfl like just a genuine just a general shit muscle uh, just like those <laughs> those kind of like lateral hip or like out uh vascular lateralis like a lot of the, a lot of the tension in those kind of tissues are the ones that really uh cop it the most from performing like a lot of the same bouncy squat cleans a lot of the same kind of uh just when you look at weightlifting, like this, the setup position, all of the movements, the setup position just looks like a squat, like that nice extended posture, which is really powerful for a first pull in the snatch clean looks so similar to just like a back squat. Like that position is, is just putting a lot of stress on those tissues. So whether it is uh, something more, say something that people can probably understand a little bit more, like if you get someone in a hang or a block position, obviously things are going to be, that's something a lot of coaches do. And the positions don't need to look the same because that's obviously advantageous. If you have the lens of, you know, how we understand movement, it's like, well, this is slightly similar. It doesn't need to be exactly the same. It it doesn't have to mimic the positions perfectly for us to create a stimulus and for it to be transferable in some part of the lift. So if we look at it from that perspective, but then when we start to branch out and go, okay, well, say if we did, uh, I don't know, something crazy. Like say we did drop a drop catch RDL or say we did a drop catch split squat or say we started to introduce some of these other plyometrics where we're rolling through different shin angles, where we're um, we're training different position of gait, where 
um, maybe overloading another position or forcing an athlete to stay in one position, it's going to be very different. And the, like the force curves are going to be very different depending on the, the, the task that we're doing. So some of those movements have been really useful in just like cleaning up a lot of itises. So my athletes do the least amount of specific work, but they, at the moment, this, the current split or the current, uh, I guess you could say it's training model. I'm just going to keep referring to it as that, uh, is, is very general in nature. Like a lot of those things, you might be like, hey, that's just, that just looks like it could just belong in a good program. And for a lot of people, my biggest thing is just trying to get the message across to a lot of coaches that your athletes are probably not as advanced as you think they are. And they don't need as much specific work as you think they are, especially if they're at a later stage in development. So those general things are going to be extremely efficient. And that's like that, that low hanging fruit that you and I talk about. It's like uh, those things there, you put more time into that and a lot of those tendonitis a lot of that thing there's such a there's such a high cost of that specific work so if we can try and find other ways to still move you know still find progression and still challenge the athlete um like i feel i've pb'd a lot of my lifts this year i just cleaned 170 um and uh that's been like a a position like off the blocks that i've always really struggled with so that's that's certainly improved and like we've just brought in like a lot more uh like even even just the perception of training as a weightlifting coach is something that you, you just view things through this hyper specific lens and you probably um, have seen that. And, and, you know, when we look at sprinting or like when I look at certain tasks, it's very much like looking at it through like this, like low resolution kind of view through things. It's like, that's not a sprint. That's just a high velocity, lower body exercise. Uh, that's not a plyometric. That's just like a, a longer ground contact, lower body exercise, or this is just promoting flexion. This is just an really overcoming um, exercise promotes a lot of tension or stiffness or what is the skill I'm trying to achieve. So uh, I think that's the biggest thing. Like I'm just trying to uh, shift my perspective on, um, you know, what is this task actually achieving? What is the underlying stimulus? And a lot of people really can't make that gap or uh, make that leap to, to find that, that answer. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I just presented on a very similar topic about basically like red pilling to be able to see stimulus for stimulus for that sense. Like, and then the way you brought it up, even just sprinting, it's just like high velocity, lower body. I've never even said it that way, but that's like a fucking awesome way to put that too. It's just like, just because then it just gives you freedom to apply like what is for what is to get to where you want to go, you know? So you're not stuck in those mental models. You're not stuck anywhere where you don't need to be stuck because, oh, like, it's like, are we have to fill this like type of bucket, right? We have to sprint today or it's that over rationalization, isn't it? It's like, yeah. that you know, why do we do a, you see it online. Like Jake does. It's like, what's the purpose of a squat? It's like, gets your legs stronger. What about a Zercher? It's like, gets your legs stronger. It's like, it, it, that's all it's really doing. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. We're just seeing it for what it is. Yeah. And, and one of the things too, that I've been thinking about a lot too, is like in this the skill world the skill acquisition world and obviously that's a huge part of Oli's too is like i've been looking at play as like the psychedelic realm for movement it's like play allows you those opportunities for like this exponential growth so like everything we do in training is pretty linear but we're just trying to get to a point in which it's like linear because you're showing up every day like you you got to show up every day to have access to this exponential growth there's a thought i've been working on so hold on to me with this random i got here I'm so with you, like, you. you got to show up every day for the linear process but that's that and that's great that's awesome like yeah you get those five pound gains whatever it is the small small gains over and over again but really what you're showing up for 
is to grab your lottery ticket for the exponential growth of those oh fuck moments where maybe it's a sprint and I'm gonna ask you about this for only lifts maybe it's uh where you're throwing a football I'm I'm hitting a baseball um where you're showing up every day making small gains small gains and then at some point it's like oh that's what I was trying to do that's what I was trying to accomplish and once you hit one of those moments Everything else was like, that was so stupid that I was doing it that way. Now I can do it this way. Now I get that 20 pound increase. I, I hit a different gear in my sprints. I can add 10 miles an hour to my exit below because of one shift, but you don't get that without showing up for that linear and doing it the dumb way over and over again. And one of the things I feel like play allows us to do and this exploratory movement patterns and the conjugate style Olympic lifting, however you want a differential learning approach. I feel like it just gives you an option to grab, like get those oh fuck moments. Like it gives you a chance to like explore and you're like, oh, that's what the coach is trying to say. Oh, that's what I was supposed to feel. Um, and because one of the things like a lot of coaches do, I talked about this yesterday on Ben Baguette's podcast is it's like coaches will have a drill that works for an athlete instead of understanding that it was just that athlete's oh fuck moment, not the drill itself. Like they'll be like that drill works for everybody. And it's like, that's not the case. It's just like you ran 10,000 athletes through the very same drill. And two of them happened to have like that happened <laughs> to be their oh fuck moment in that drill. And one of the things I really see is like we can expand our opportunities for these oh fuck moments by expanding the amount of exercises and, and variations that we're giving them. So like a drill, we like if this drill doesn't work for them, hopefully this drill does and gives them that oh fuck moment. Or maybe they just need to hit this drill at a different time in their life or, or different period in their training but um that's something that i feel like i want to like, i'd like to hear your thoughts on like the only world of like how that works for skill acquisition and like are you playing around with any of that and have you seen anything where you're like doing it like maybe you you thought it was just going to be a joke or just a different way to load it uh for an only lift and you're like oh man that that's what i've been trying to do for this whole time yeah there's definitely a, there's definitely a lot of that like we kind of say like we need to find that magic magic drill for someone and that's going to be different for everybody like that that uh, light bulb moment and yeah, definitely. When we, when we bring in, it's, it's tough because sometimes it takes them a while to bridge that gap in their own mind. Even that, that's, I think, I believe that's why I just enjoy having such like a, a varied approach throughout the week. It might not necessarily be week to week, but there's a lot of skills that they're trying to chip away at each, each session. And when you talk about the play and stuff like that, there's certain things like certain up other coaches might look at their training and be like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, uh, you, I love your reels, like the, the JST training ones. And then I've just been like pumping out the ones on, uh, through my gym and they're very similar, very inspired by like the, this like the goofy stuff that we do at the gym and it looks goofy, but it, it's, it's, it's sus. awesome and it works. Yeah. It, it looks, it looks sus, but <laughs> no, there wasn't not, not too much of that. No, the, uh, it uh it works so well and so say for example in a in a snatch someone might really struggle so this might just be like a really specific example of that so when someone makes contact there might be like a decrease in acceleration or a decrease in velocity when they make contact and typically you see that on a force curve so you see this like dip like a negative impulse they call it um as like the rate of force development increases and that dip might be really long and you that might present as someone has like a pause in their pull when they make contact. And that's obviously not what we want. We want to see like a nice, uh, like an exponential increase in, in acceleration. We want to see an increase in velocity. And so one of the things we do is like, okay, this is going to feel really shit. Uh, it's going to feel weird. Have you ever done a no contact snatch? And they're like, if they've come from like a really specific background, they're like, uh, you want me to, you want me to do it wrong like not make contact like i want and and i want you to do it heavy uh because the other thing is if you're 
we obviously value stimulus. If we do things light, like if we just have like, you know, you do your drills, you do your drills uh, with no intent, you do them with no load. Like some of my athletes, like one of them are like, can we have this exercise in the program? I'm like, yeah, but you do realize you're going to have to put it to RP nine and you're going to get a transfer. Like we actually need to load this drill. You can't just fucking do it on the barbell and be like, oh yeah, that's the sensation I need. That's not going to happen. So uh, we load them. So that is their, their A1 is the drill. And so they hit a heavy, no contact snatch. And when you do that, there can't be any any negative impulse because there's no contact. So it's a very, uh, it's a very powerful, uh, you still get a very powerful hip extension. So then when we come back to our normal snatches, they just suddenly feel like they're just flying through that contact point. So that, that the whole perception of what they thought the snatch actually was, has changed. And there's a, there's a, you know, some of them learn how to pull themselves under the bar. Some of them learn what it's like to use their hip. So you see those kind of things happen. And that's like what you, what you touched on before we started the podcast, like will with those, like, uh, uh, weight he calls them like weight tricking but like the the conjugates style lifts like say if we want someone to be more reactive there's that split clean a split jerk or we want someone to be uh, comfortable in a more expansive position we might do a split clean or something like that um if we want to prioritize a more upright torso there's lots of things we can do but i think it's just looking through it le- through the lens of like okay this is a fun weird drill you've never done before already because they've never done it before and there's some buy-in with us like they know we're kind of weird and we do some funny stuff and they're like this is just part of the process and yeah those things accelerate learning the most and the ones that it even even just people who just have fun in training even if it's a shit process like even if the training is shit like we think it's boring the ones that have fun are the ones that are always like they're always coming with this coming from a session and just like yeah i felt that uh you know, I felt something different in my stride. I felt something different in my pull uh, or something like that. Yeah. And, and that, like you said, that the fun part too, it's like, you think about long-term athletic development in a sport like Olympic lifting. It's like, if you don't do it this way, the burnout rate has to be insane. Every single power lifter I work with that, like almost every power lifter I work with comes from the traditional power lifting background. And they all come to me like, I fucking hate powerlifting right now. I need to do something. <laughs> I'm like, well, you don't have to give up your lifts, bro. You just got to do something other than the big three 14 times a week. And like, no wonder you want to, like, I look at their programs. I'm like, Jesus. And I can only imagine how bad that is for Olympic lifting, where it's like, it's even more like anal about your tech. And it probably, because it has to be too, like the, not, not has to be, but like the technique aspect is so much more. So like the, the anal focus on the technique is like repetition, repetition, repetition. But I'm like, Bro, there's no way you do that for longer than a year unless you like uh, unless you're massively obsessive or you you have something in the head, which is like, okay, those guys are going to figure that out regardless. But you're working with 90 percent of the population, whereas like it's hard enough to train most athletes where like their sports actually fun and they still hate their sport. And like I'm still finding variation for them, whereas like Olympic lifting by itself probably isn't that much fun just like doing it over and winning is fun and like doing that. But like strictly doing that isn't that much fun. And you got to have. You got to give them some spice. I just feel like there's such a, like from the ground up, you could build such a cool program for kids that want to show up in Olympic lift doing it this way. Like, I feel like you could get so much better progress with these kids. We, that's something I think about a lot. Like we're not, I'm not involved in any kind of youth development or anything like that. Or, and I don't really, I think that might come later in life when I, when I want to do that, but we're one of the few places that has this kind of approach 
Um, like maybe someone else, there's another guy, Chris Speed, who you've had, you had a call with Chris, uh, the guy from the UK, he's the weightlifter. Um, I think maybe a few months ago, uh, I remember him telling me about that. He really enjoyed that, but the, we're one of the few who have athletes regularly compete and get them to do this kind of weird stuff as well. And then have six, success at higher level competitions or have some higher athletes doing this kind of training approach. Like there are people who are like, we've got girls that are 60 kilos snatching 90 and they're, they're doing this kind of thing. Like these, we're not just talking about like some shit, like some random dude who probably could have achieved his goals regardless of the process. Like we're talking about people who are on all ends of the spectrum, but they're also very good and they're also very engaged and they're enjoying the training. Uh, and yeah, if you talk to any weightlifter, they're, they're always injured. They're always moaning, you know, my fucking knees, my back, you know, I might not make it to, you know, a certain competition. There's so many uh, gyms and, and coaches that come to mind, but the, the, the awesome thing about, you know, what we're trying to do is we're trying to just build this. It, it's a very holistic lens and it's a very holistic lens to view athlete development through or to view training through. And like you touched on before, like the long-term development, getting strong and building a big squat, it's going to take years. So along the way, there's these other skills that aren't going to compete with your ability to be able to do a heavy, heavy squat. And that's going to be able to build, you know, control your center of mass in a different context, like, you know, hopping, bounding, being a bit more elastic. Uh, and even just like, you know, we talk about that. We, I feel like for so long, you can, you can tell me what you think, but I feel like so many people have this, like, uh, I spoke about it with another friend of mine, Jack. It was like, they have this very hardware approach. Like everything's hardware. Like to be a good athlete, you need to have uh, strength. You need to have speed and have power. But then there's this skill side of things where, you know, we're, we're kind of doubling more down on the software. Like the athlete needs to be able to do all of these different things. And, and that's going to allow them to have like more tools in their, in their training and uh, things are just going to be more enjoyable for them. So it's, it's very complimentary. A lot of this, you know, the skill development, if you get better at, you know, the hopping bounding, you're probably going to get the right tendon and elastic responses rather than just being like, you know, we do this exercise for fucking uh, tendon health. It's like, no, we do this exercise because you're going to be, you're going to feel better and you're going to, you're going to develop this, this skill, uh, which is valuable. So yeah, there's, it's a very holistic way. And I, I I used to really hate the word holistic. And I know you've mentioned it on some podcasts before. It's like, I hate to use the word holistic, but it's, uh, it really suits what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I just heard Rogan. He had somebody on the podcast, but he was talking about words that have been hijacked by the wrong people, like good words that have been hijacked by the wrong people to now they're like bad words. And I feel like holistic is one of those words where it's like, it was been the holistic has been hijacked <laughs> by bad people that like just say bullshit. And they're like, it's holistic, bro. So like, now you don't want to say it because you get that fucking ick feeling. But I think one of the coolest things you, you keep saying without even realizing you're saying is like, you keep calling your Olympic lifters, like athletes, like consistently. And I think that's like, that's, that's the key of it. Like you're a human athlete or even just you're a human that like, we should just be able to say human and assume athlete. But nowadays, especially in the States, bro, you can't do that. Cause you look around, but like, you like some the, our physical literacy <laughs> in the States sometimes, like we should look around and be ashamed. Like you should just, I, I was, I was, we were playing soccer and I wasn't playing soccer, but I was, I was hitting softball on one side of the field and they, they had to pick up soccer on the other end. And there's just so many guys that were just like, Oh, I haven't done this. I don't know if I can do this. I might sprain an ankle. It's like, it's like, just imagine being scared to go sprain an ankle because you haven't done so. Like, man, you got to treat your body better than that. That's a different rant, but holy crap, bro. Like we need to be able to just be athletes. And you see it in the American sports world now too. It's like these kids aren't even traded like athletes anymore. Like they're treated like football players, soccer players, like whatever. And football is even worse. Cause then it's like, 
it's broken down to positions. They're not even a football player. They're a wide receiver. They're a quarterback. They're a yeah. You just do, and you just do the wide receiver warmups. It's like no, bro. Everyone rolls. Everyone needs to do this. It's insane. You all need to be able to move better. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's like, insane. Yeah, you do the weightlifting but, warm up. It's fucking trash. Yeah. So the fact that you're like saying athletes is like crazy because that's exactly what they are. And if you're gonna have that long term success, like that, okay, this is another thing. It's like the KP, like the best. The people that win all the stuff, like they're just amazing athletes. And if you look at like the hardware and the software aspects, like that, this is the thing I did in the college sector is I would, I would ask the coaches, like, what do you look for in a position? And they would list like these, like gotta be six, six, gotta like, whatever. They just live these bullshit <laughs> hardware, like run a four, four. And then, the, four, four, like, yeah, that's yeah, and then without them knowing a couple months later, I would ask them who are the top 10 people in these positions that you've ever had? And they would list them. And every single time these lists would not match up. Defense line was a huge one. They said they wanted like six, six defense linemen that ran like this certain speed and did this. And every single one of their top defense alignment was like a six, two guy that was just a grinder and had really good hands. I'm like, bro, you like, of course you guys are missing so much on what you're looking for and on development because you think you need this and you look at the best in the world and they have the hardware and the software aspects of it. And I feel like that's could be totally true in the Olympic world where it's like, we're, we're just missing so many pieces and we don't even see the paradox of like, we say we want one thing. And then you look at the champions that are actually winning and they have something totally like, they're just amazing athletes. Like you take any of the top, maybe not every single one, but I feel like you could take a lot of high level Olympic lifters and like put them in a lot of situations and they're going to figure it out just because they're amazing athletes. Yeah, there's so many that like they hit a PR snatch and they just do a backflip and then they, they don't even train a backflip. They don't even train backflips and they just do backflips and you're like, have you thought of maybe training that quality? Have you thought about maybe giving it to your athletes who are shit at not explosive? It's like uh, we had one girl come in last night and she's like, I keep getting told I don't use my hip. And I'm like, cool. Your back looks like a surfboard. There's nothing there that like, that is not a cue. There's no cue or constraint. That's going to help that. Like you actually don't have the option to use your hip because there's no hip there. There's no meat on that hip. So uh, if we can train that, if we can train that in a more general way, like that's a general problem. You can't use your hip, not just in the pool. You can't use your hip in anything. Like you just use your spine. Like it's just a spinal engine. As soon as like, there's a deadlift, as soon as there's a squat, you just see this like huge, uh, you know, uh, internal rotation is being produced from there. So I don't know. I feel like a lot of people come, can't make that leap. They think a weightlifting problem is a weightlifting problem where it's not a weightlifting problem. It's a general problem. It's, it's just a problem. Uh, and you're going to have to solve that through things that aren't weightlifting. Unfortunately, it's just the way it is. So you are going to need to expand your toolkit as a coach who's listening or as an athlete who's listening as well. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> There's no cue that can help that. Oh, bro. It's like, I'm working with the, like this high school baseball group. And it, I mean, baseball is one of the worst sectors for it. It's like, Oh, I need to focus technique. I need to have, bro, you're 145 pounds. None of that is helping you. Like you can have the best. I can't cut. I can't cut Austin. It's like, no dude, you lost in all the JST games. <laughs> <Yeah>. you suck, <laughs> <bro>. <laughs> it's like, there's nothing, but again, and I, I think this is where like the poison of us as strength coaches and as technique coaches and as, like uh sport coaches comes into play of like how we have killed more athletes than we've created because you can't sell uh, obviously we sell this but it's like it's really hard to sell i'm i can't i can't fix you in this moment by just giving you a cue like that that that's what an athlete wants to hear like it's super easy to sell an athlete on oh it's my back path and then a coach comes on and says yes let me put you through this t drill and like it'll make you better 
what's really hard is to go up that athlete, tell the athlete the truth. Like there's no cue that's going to help you. You need to put on 20 pounds and you need to train with me for 10 months, you know? And obviously there's different nuances to be able to market that. But I think that's the biggest thing is like, we got so stuck in this rat race of marketing and selling our own poison that we're like drinking our own poison now. Like we, we've destroyed so many athletes by just selling bullshit to them because it was the easiest way to sell in the time. And now we're stuck and we're like, well, why aren't athletes developed? It's like, well, look at what our field did. Look, like, one, we made movement not fucking fun. Like we, we destroyed that. Like we strengthened the amount of athletes I hear. It's like, I'm never lifting again after I'm done with football. It's like, bro, like that's a huge red flag. So we made movement not fun. We made lifting not fun. It's, it's not an enjoyable experience. And then you you narrowed athletes down in these super, super specific things because you as a coach can say you have that specific answer. And it's like, of course, these athletes are not physically developed. Like the issue is on us, like I was on us as a field and as us as coaches. And we can fix that if we make the decision to fix that. And I think this is where it's too. It's like truth always wins like that. That's the like thing you can always hold on to is like you're going to train your athletes and they're going to get results because it's the truth. You're not selling them bullshit. And at the end of the day, that's going to win. So you can deal with all the bullshit guys telling them like, oh, you just like some hip drill that they're telling that girl to go do. But at the end of the day, you're going to get that girl a PR because you're telling her the truth if she commits to what you're doing. And then that's going to win. So I think that's what I hold on to at the end of the day when you, you're seeing all the bullshit marketing and you're like, oh, that's just, that's not going to work out because that's not the issue. But man, that that is a frustrating frustrating thing i see in our field of just selling our own bullshit yeah it, and a lot of the times they like the coach just needs needs to upskill like they just need to they just need to level up uh and now we have an interesting problem where and you can tell me what you think about this as well because we've got like say i'm not really we, you know we have we have like other athletes who come to the gym like say that they might be in a we've got like a few soccer players got um, some other, some other like people that have like weekend sports and stuff like that. They want to complement their training. They just want to do good training. So uh, it's, it suits a lot of people, but we've got this like physio kind of rehab side of things being blended into this kind of S and C uh, performance facilities where it's like, say we, they did their ACL rehab and then they kind of bring them into this uh, like very controlled environment, like years later and they just stay there and they're doing, I know like, they're doing jumps with a band around their knees. They're doing uh, like, you know, these very controlled, like they can do the landmine press like that. Like they're doing these things. And it's like, they're, they're, they're not getting into to chaotic environments. They're not even socializing. So they're coming into, the, they're leaving their sport. You know, I'm all for S and C and, and getting stronger, but like you can do a lot of this stuff just in your own time. Like you didn't, you didn't need an exercise scientist, like watching over you do some of these movements. It's yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like, we, in some ways, like we definitely either they're having like just this net zero, they're just having a net zero approach um, to, to some of these athletes. And it's, it's kind of sad because that's not the, the direction as, as a S and C coach graduating, say like they're finishing uni, they're finishing university or college and they're looking at, okay, I want to do an internship here. There's all these like bullshit rationales to, yeah, they're, they're just sell, selling this bullshit to, to these athletes. And it's like, of course they feel better because they were injured as fuck and they couldn't do anything. And then to a point, they're just this, you know, they're seeing them, you know, do a trap bar deadlift or a trap bar jump with like barely any weight. There's not, they're not being challenged. They're not being asked to learn new skills. Um, you know, they're doing, they're doing bounding or hopping over like fucking four hurdles. Cause the gym's only 10 meters long. And it's like, there's, there's no, what's the stimulus there. There's, there's, it's, it's just having a net zero, net zero effect. 
Um, whereas we, we both you and I, if we're, if we're involved with someone, we want to make an impact. We want, we want to make a change. We want to, we want to influence the outcome or whether it is, you know, you, you are better at your sport or you lift heavier, you, you know, you are more confident, you can uh, succeed at your sport, you know, spiritually, psychologically, uh, physically, there's, there's a lot of ways we're trying to attack it. And yeah, it's, I don't think that's the answer though. Those kind of like clinical S and C facilities. Well, and that, that's the thing I've been talking about a lot too recently. It's like, I would much rather have a sprained ankle than a, like a broken mind, you know? And, and the thing is when you approach it that way, it's not that we go sprain all of our athletes ankles. Like it's, you know, like that, that's not thing. It's just the thought process of like, they, they focus so much on the physical and they're so scared to do anything that they don't even understand the bad that they're doing. They don't understand the mental impact they're having on these athletes to where like you say something to an athlete that is hurt or an athlete that is injured. And then the, the mental cast that place on that athlete to where like for the rest of their lives, they're hex bar deadlifting the same 10 pounds because it, or they're jumping with the bands around their knees. Cause it's what they told the amount of athletes that have came to me where it's like, it's so like gross, it's gross. And like, how quickly I was talking about this baseball athlete the other day. I can't remember if it was on my podcast or whose podcast it was. It was like, we had this baseball athlete that came to me and he's a pitcher and he's so constrained, not physically. He came to me for this physical, like, Oh, I'm not physically developed. And I was like looking at him and like in three weeks, he transformed from who he was to a completely different athlete. And like in his own words, I am a completely different athlete. And he's coming to me and he came to me. He's like, bro, your training works. Like a physically guy, like I'm so much, but it's like, no, not like one physically, like physiologically, that doesn't work. You don't make that amount yeah, of gains. It, the mechanism, weeks. the mechanism for change just doesn't it can't happen. That long. It can't happen that happen. Like yeah. it can't happen that quick. Like all we did is got you out of your own fucking way. Because when you got here, you were scared to do a handstand against the wall because somebody told you once that you can't go overhead. And now you're doing front flips. Like that's just a mental block that you had on yourself because other coaches put that there. And like, if you want to make a good athlete, like get them out of their, well, get them out of your way. Like they're in their own way because you got them in their own way. Like get them out of their own way, like get them in their bodies and like experiencing these things and, and having the, the ability to prove to themselves that they're able to do it. And they'll make insane gains. It has nothing to do with the physical. You're obviously getting physical stimulus, but every gym is getting physical stimulus. They can, they, everything you do is getting physical stimulus. Like you, then there's good ways and bad ways to go about that. But low hanging fruit, if you want to go there is like the, the psychological cast you break these athletes out of. And it, it's crazy. The impact that you can have from there. And then, then it's, then it, then you are playing the stimulus game once you break them out. And then it's a ton of fun. Then we're, we're playing around with things, but until you get there, like, and, and most coaches, it's not even that coaches are getting there. It's that like they're digging them deeper into this cast and then like trying to focus on this physical stimulus while placing them in this mental cast and then sending them off to the world. And it's like, gosh, dang it, guys. Like you have no idea the impact you are having on that athlete for the negative. And what's so interesting, and I think this is a really good time to bring that up is same weightlifting. There's this like, you know male female whoever they fucking miss a lift they're crying they're on the ground they're like dude uh, oh what's going on you gotta help me my technique this and that like they're, they're, they're freaking out they're like i think i'm gonna quit i think i'm gonna do something else you know uh, i can't handle it and so then there's all these coaches who are like all right we're gonna bring in the sports psychologist we're gonna bring in this sports psychology and then I'm like looking at this sports psychology shit and it's just fucking trash. Like what they're talking about, like, oh, we got to be, we got to empower you. You know, you can do it. You know, you're, you're strong enough, believe in yourself. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
you you can't just manifest being empowered. Like we the 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 way that we're empowering people is so different. We're empowering you by you feeling like a fucking horse because we're showing you you can do all these skills. If you want to feel empowered, you need to do things that uh that you haven't done before. And that's maybe gonna come from like that low-hanging fruit. That's gonna be those different skills. You you be a beast in those other contexts. Like I've got a girl who can do an aerial. Like day one, she came in doing an aerial. I'm like you are a hoss. Every time I get you to do like those kind of things, like those kind of skills, uh, that's what's going to make you feel strong. Like though, you know, exploring those things. If you're constantly exploring two things, you're just exploiting those, you know, one or two movements. No wonder why you attach all your identity to just to those two things. So it's like that whole mindfulness, that whole like journaling, psychological fucking trash that they sell uh, to these athletes, like the sports psychology side of things. It's like, I look at whenever I really struggled with things mentally, it's more so because my pool of the things that I could do physically was so low. Like I was just focusing all my energy on this one thing. Obviously that's not going to work. Like that's, you know, this, this holistic way of achieving uh, more skills is the answer. It's uh, yeah. Maybe compared to nothing, maybe compared to nothing, it works, but yeah, but not, not for us. Like that's just, that's not our, that's not the tools that we're comfortable uh, producing results with. Oh, that was a banger rant. Good shit. That was awesome. <laughs> I totally agree. And then like you said, like one of the tough things there too is like when you are- Or just athlete, find God. All right, I'm done. I'm done. Or just go to church. Like if you want mindfulness, go to church. You know, fuck, you know. It's, it, but it's, it's, it's bad too because it's like when you're in those moments, it, I mean, it's, it's it, again, it, it's the selling of poison. It's like when you're looking for an answer instead of somebody and it's i mean the united states right now i mean if we take it out of just the gym like this is our fucking whole culture right now instead of somebody telling you what you did is wrong like the feelings you have are right you should feel that like because you are inadequate and you're feeling inadequate for a reason but we can go fix that uh and we we can we can become in like we can become adequate like we can come and you will feel that and you will understand you have earned that feeling and you can be a productive human and you can do your job as a human being on this planet instead of any of that they feel inadequate for a reason they feel shame for a reason they go to fucking the same like mental coaches you talk about and it's like it's all okay no it's not bro like these are evolutionary feelings we've had instilled in us for so long to get us like we know how to get out of those things and now we're culturally being brainwashed out of them and then these kids go through everything they're supposed to and again this is why i don't fault the kid because it's like they're putting in the work they're showing up they're doing what they're fucking supposed to do what and they should be able to trust their leaders. They should be able to trust somebody telling them, an educator, a coach, whoever it is, telling them this is the way they need to go. They go through it and they feel fucking lost still. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, maybe it's me. Maybe something's wrong with me. Maybe I'm not, you know, like, God dang it, bro. It's so like, and it's it's strictly because you can, it's either you can make money or you don't want to be a bad guy by telling the person the truth of you're just not enough right now. And that's perfectly okay. And just being all right with that, man, like, like it sucks. It's a sucky feeling of like, but the more you try to stay out of that and you try to, and I've done, again, I say this because I've been through a lot of these like little mini like hills and floods in life where like I was sold that bullshit and I was like, all right, like this, that makes sense. Like maybe yeah, this guy's telling me this, let's go through it. And you get to the end, you're like, what the fuck was that? Like, what was that? And then man, it's like, now we got fucking like, it's like, oh man, like 
OnlyFans is being like told is like told the girls like it's a good thing or like selling drugs is like it's like (laughs) no it's not it's a bad thing nobody wants to grow up and be a drug dealer or sell only like it's not a good thing stop telling people that stop brainwashing these kids into that thought process oh my god it's so frustrating it's like we just won't tell anybody the truth you won't you won't tell the truth because like you'll look like the bad guy or get canceled or whatever it is it's like those feelings you have of inadequacy are there for a reason Go pursue why you feel that until you don't feel that. And I bet your life gets so much simpler after that. And you're like, oh, that's exactly what that was. And look who I became from that feeling rather than listening to somebody trying to sell you fucking 12 weeks of mental mental training. That's it, man. Um, I agree with you. I agree. It's 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 a wild world. And and yeah, I love what you said earlier. Like our training, our training is the truth. It's the truth. It's uh it's it works it's real it's uh i don't know i don't know it's it's it seems like yeah it's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of for a lot of people that um i guess because when you're when you're so well i guess you could let's say if we look at it the other way when you break out of this um when you break out of the hyper specific approach when you break out of that old school or you know there's only one way to, to do things. Uh, I think that's when you begin to like start to see things for what they really are. And I feel like a lot of people are really tra- just trapped in that, you know, this is what coach said. This is the fucking, this is the only way, this is the bee's knees. Um, and, and you know what, that works for a lot of people because they're so bored into that. But I don't know. I feel like we're like the red pill. We're like the red pill of S and C. I feel that's, that's where I see it. Well, and and bringing that out of like the whole rant I just had, but like one of the things you mentioned too, is like showing like one of the best ways to do that is within the variations because you can let an athlete win that day or like show them progress in something like, because that's the thing their main, if their main sport is football or their main sport is squatting a lot of weight or their main score is Olympic lifting, like, and they reach a certain level winning and PRing like is really hard and it's going to take a really long time. And if you have to wait six months to prove to yourself that like you got another win, you know, or like. That's so hard when you could just win that day by, okay, like we hit a new lunge. I saw a new, we, we were able to do a handstand push up and we weren't able to do it before, you know, like, so you can get small wins leading up to the inevitable big battle or big win. And, but so once you get there, you can, you have done it every single day and you can prove that. But like, once you reach a certain level and you, you get past the newbie gains in the weight room or you get past the newbie games on the field, it's really hard to get those wins. And then a lot does ride on that, that one big one. Cause it's the only time you feel like, Oh, I have a shot to win here as that it's so freeing. Like my, my training has made me so free in my actual competitions now, because it's like, well, even if I, even if I do mess up there, like I, I I've won this many times and I've had that great experience here. And that was amazing there. And I know my body's capable of doing that. So I can just start back up on the train and go through it. And once you, the, the, the paradox there is once you start thinking like that, you win a lot more in your actual competitions too. Cause you're not so nervous about it. You're just like, Oh yeah, this is cool. This is nice. You're, you're competent in it. And, uh, one of the videos, one of the reels you put up, I think it was like, I think I, I just copied you. I did like the same thing. It was like how to get, uh, athletes to PR or how to, how to do something with athletes. And I was like, just make them compete, like make them compete against each other. And if they wouldn't win for that day, or there's a, there's lots of different things people are doing at the moment. There's a few kind of coaches that, uh, that I talk with, like a lot of them is like, they bet, they do like little like quids in, they do like, you know, $10, whoever hits, like if, if anyone PRs, their power cleans 10 bucks, or like, if you hit this is 10 bucks or they bet against each other or whatever it is, we've done that. And fucking athletes, I've had people like never hit weights they've ever hit before. And then I put out, I'm like, 
20 bucks, you get this, it's yours. They hit it. It's it's wild. So like there's not saying you got to do gambling, but there's ways of like that just showing people that competitiveness, people love that or getting them to compete against each other. We've had people, we put two people together who they they never normally train together. They compete against each other. Fucking one of them, they both PR and that's a they both winning there. Um especially in a sport where things take a like take so long. And like, I also think about like track and field where they spend a lot of the time, like not competing, say if they, if they live in Australia, like they don't, we don't have the indoor champs or stuff like that. They spend a lot of time not competing. They're constantly like rebuilding. They're in this off season. It's like, man, like if you can find a way to have some mini kind of competitions between your athletes, like you see the time, you see what the other athlete ran, like the, it, it changes the perspective and obviously it needs to come from the coach because there's this, you know, as people get better, there's this hyper, like hyper fixation on their, on, you know, their value versus their, what their time is. Uh, you know, they, they kind of associate their, their, their fucking, their self-worth with that, but getting them to break that down and, and showing them, okay, well, how about there's some other things we can do that aren't even related to your sport uh, that are fun and challenging and like, We've played fucking spike ball at the start. You know, they win, then they jump into the jump into lift and they all lift well. So it's just a, I don't know. There's so many ways you can take it. And I feel like, you know, you, it's up to you as the coach, you know, you fuck around. Uh, this is what we're going to do today. The program says this, you know, like there's so many times I have like a plyo thing on the board uh, and I just change it. And I'm just like, nah, we're not going to do this one. We're just going to do, you know, this weird broad jump variation for distance. Whoever wins, you know, uh, you know, once, once you drop off, start snatching you know that's it uh i think i think that's just like a it's an easy way to integrate all of these things and i feel like you know you make the podcast pretty practical for people so they can come in they can take the concepts they want to use they can put into their training i think that's that's what we're all trying to do i think yeah and the the wager thing is hilarious too because we wager isos daily like there's there's never a day like it always starts two guys (laughs) like it's more like it happened this morning like two guys were talking shit to each other about who could bench press more and we had a lower body day ran through the whole lower body day and then they wager like and i don't let them fuck around unless they put something on it i'm like if you guys are going to talk shit you're going to put something on the line so like it's not just bullshit out there so i'm like you guys got a four minute lunge ice or whoever loses like if you guys are going to do this like yeah, hell yeah so they just bet each other on who could bench more so after they went through their whole workout they bench press at the end loser had to hold a four minute lunge ice after it and we were done with it but like it's crazy how much Again, like how much you can get out of somebody by just wagering something like as small as that and like turning like these mini comp. Like, I feel like a lot of coaches, they shut down like that mini competition. Cause like, if you just have a bunch of dudes in a room, it's it's almost impossible not to have those mini competitions, except if you teach them those mini competitions are bad or like that environment, like you just build out an environment in which it's not fulfilled or it's frowned upon or like any of that. Whereas like you feed that at all. Like they're gonna like oh fuck yeah like this is time to go there's, like there's let's two do it. camps it's easy. there's this like yeah there's there's two camps it's like there's this like oh we gotta optimize like the program said like four sets of eight like or four sets of this like that's the fucking program don't fuck with the program program's god where there's this like no like it's stimulus there's a variability to what you need to hit each day and there's a bandwidth of what's going to be acceptable as long as we hit that bandwidth or as long as we're within that bandwidth that's fine but even still we've got tomorrow's training anyway so you know whatever uh yeah there's these two kind of camps and i feel like that we're definitely seeing people shift from that like okay i need to hit this i need to do this this load and and that's not even to say that we don't even integrate those concepts because i know we do i know we both have like you know there's there's things we value in in training and like you know this is what we believe an optimal uh training split to look like or whatever it is uh but yeah i think that mini competition kind of gets 
uh, taken away when people are like, no, 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 like you need to do 80%. You need to do four sets of three. You need to hit these positions. It's look perfect where that's yeah, just not what we're trying to achieve. It's not yeah. what we're about. And I think understand, I think one of the things that you, you mentioned really part there, but understanding where you're at in those camps and where you're at in the spectrum can be really helpful as a coach too, because like myself, just naturally, I'm way, probably way too much over into this, like the red pill camp and the, like the program doesn't matter. Like it's all about the stimulus of the day. And so it, it's hard if I don't use this camp at all, it's really hard for me to piece to get like I, for my own training. It's super easy. I'm just rotating through. It's perfect. But if I were to just randomly do this that way with my athletes, it'd be really hard for them like to understand where we're going. And like, there would be no structure in their brain and not all their brains were like, we have accountants that are way the fuck, uh, which hand they're, they're way over here, you know, like they're way in the <laughs> analytical, they need things explained. So I think understanding where you're at as a coach and then using the other side of the camp to like, bring yourself back over for your athletes too is nice too. Cause like we do have a pro, like you said, we have a program, we have like things we value or whatever. It's just, we're free with it. It's like, okay, this is what we wrote on the board. And then, okay, that is looking really good. Let's just keep going there. Or like, I didn't really like that today. That sucked. And like, let's play around with it. But if, if you're all analytical and you, you never allow any freedom like that, I just think knowing yourself as a coach and knowing where you're at Maybe to be even it is taking like a personality test or something like that. Just knowing where you're at as a coach to understand what side of things do you need to work on more to deal with all the athletes. Because like if I were working with a coach, like if I was an athlete, I worked with a coach that made me follow a program to a T, I, I would off myself. Like even like I'm so bad, like if a program, like if I can see next week's part of the program in advance, I will, I won't run that program. Cause it's like, it's dead to me. It's like, I already know what's coming and there's no surprise and there's nothing there for me. I like, I won't do that. Pro it's terrible. Like that's how my brain works. It's not good. And I know athletes that like, if it's not laid out 12 weeks in advance, they won't touch it because they don't know what's coming. And they don't like that part of it. So I think there's, there's a lot of yin and yang there that you can play with and understand it. I just think a lot of it comes back to just knowing who you are as a coach and knowing where you stand. And I don't think a lot of coaches do that. I don't think they think about it that way. It's just like my way is right. That's the only way to do it. Or they've just never thought about it. They just or thought, thought about, about it. it. It's yeah. Just, it's just, a, it's just a job. Uh, when we first spoke together, you uh, we were talking about how it was like, they're, they're just so busy. They're so busy working. They, they don't have time. They're not, even, they're not sitting down reflecting with their thoughts. They're not, um, you know, they're putting out fucking content. That's, you know, how to use creatine. They're not reading. They're not exploring other ideas. They're not talking to other coaches about these things. It's a very, like, that's very stale, stale as fuck. And, uh, yeah, I, I, we just, yeah, we're trying to, not, not that we're trying to re <laughs> we have some coaches like hate on our stuff. It's like, you're trying to reinvent the wheel. It's like, uh, that's how it comes across. And it's like the slightest bit of variability just to keep people <laughs> engaged. And then there's so much weightlifting volume there because obviously that's the, that's what they're trying to get good at. And where, whether you're a, for an athlete, like for an athlete that needs a high amount of high amount of variability, or they need a, a high number of qualities at a high level. And you can be free with the training. You can be, you can, you know, they, there's, there's probably things that are going to have to stay in there year round, but uh, you can be pretty free with some of the challenges and some of the ways you set up the set up the training model. It's yeah. The world's your oyster. I can only imagine those coaches coming at you, bro. Cause like I posted, <laughs> I posted something about how like silly a lot of T work is for the baseball world. And like, I've had like 14, 14 or 15 coaches. I think like everyone I've gone to their profile, it's like they coach like a youth team and they have like 42 followers. I'm like, Oh God, but they 
holy crap bro it looks like i told them their god didn't exist and like shit on their religion i'm like what what is this visceral response to me saying i don't and it wasn't even like it wasn't even a sassy post of my i have some sassy posts i understand that or like i'm trying Better to bench press like but one yeah, of those. yeah like where i'm trying to <laughs> dig like that it wasn't even that like i laid out my thoughts of like it's like uh it's kind of crazy how one of the only reasons i'm able to see that is because i didn't have a baseball background growing up but and that kind of scares me of like thinking thinking of things that I was indoctrinated in without even knowing I was indoctrinated in just because it was like football was my sport. And that's just the way I see things. Uh, but oh my goodness, you should see their responses. But you're also talking about how coaches, like they don't have time. They don't have like these original thoughts. One of the things I read from Nietzsche the other day was talking about how like he was concerned, like when he was writing books, that if there was like, if there's too many books in his house, that his mind would be clouded with other people's ideas. And he wouldn't be able to think and have an original idea. And like, that is such a wild concept to me because we live in a generation where books are too slow of information for us. Like we don't even read books because it's too slow. It's not enough information. He was worried that books were too much information to cloud his mind. And like, now we sit in an environment where like, man, if Nietzsche saw that, he'd be like, what the, f how do you guys think for yourself as all? And it, we yeah. don't because it's reel just it in. constant information at all moments. Like there's never a gap where you're thinking for yourself. It's just ding, 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 ding at all moments. Yeah, that's uh no, I we got a bookcase here. We're trying we're trying to fill it up, but the uh no, I encourage a lot of coaches to yeah, that was one of the biggest things. That was probably where if I had to think of like a turning point was where I just uh the year before lock the year before the COVID pandemic, I just like stopped everything and I was just like I'm just going to start reading and uh I hadn't read for for years like uh yeah, not since like high school, and I just was like, "Fuck it, I'm just, I need to, I need to be better. I need to, I need to, I need to, I need to upskill. I need to just, I'm just gonna start here." And that, to me, that changed, that changed everything. It just changed, like, I don't know, I don't know if it made me slow down, uh, and it made me reflect. It made me maybe draw upon some other skills, maybe feel inspired, and that was one of the big things. Uh, yeah, I, I encourage a lot of coaches to to do that. Like, they're unplugged. Like, get off the fucking, get off the the tit, get off the social media. Yeah, it's uh, you know, as much as like we're on it, we're trying to grow our business. We're fucking grinding uh, all the time. I love when I get off it and I just, you know, sit down with a book or read or or something like that. And yeah, it's yeah. so powerful, so powerful. When I had a, I had an epiphany moment too. It was like I so I like. For so I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was a mushroom trip or whatever. I can't remember where, but it was so vivid. It was like it was definitely a mushroom trip. What do you was, mean? For sure. Probably not. <laughs> so I had all like I have this bookshelf or like right next to my bed. So like my whole bookshelf is filled with like books right next to my bed. I can reach over and like grab a book. And I was I would always have my phone in my bed with me. And like I just had this epiphany moment. I'm like, bro, you have the smartest people in the history of humankind to the right of you. And you were watching TikToks before bed. Like just in it's so insane to think about. Yeah. It's like and it just got me to a point where like I, I don't bring my my phone into my house anymore because of that region. I'm like, bro, I can't like it's such a so insane to me that I'm doing that. And it's like so like just not bringing my phone to my house and it like four maybe five hours a day maybe four hours i would say four hours a day just without my phone how crazy it is like i'm like man that thing is not good for you that thing is not good for you i spend four hours without it and how much better i feel in those four hours and for the rest of the day because i don't have it i'm like that is insane but it's like yeah that was such a like i just was laughing at myself i was just like you have the smartest humans ever to the right of you 
and you're trying to become something and you were watching fucking idiot dudes on TikTok like doing stupid stunts. And I'm like, what am I doing with my life, bro? Um, but it goes back to like the feeling like proving to yourself that you're adequate as a human too. I think reading can do that for so many people. It's like you read 20 books in a year, like just realize how much more adequate you're going to feel. Like you can like, have conversations with people and bring something interesting to the table, you know, and you, that that's how you become confident, you know, like you have, you have stories, you live a life. Like I do these consults for a lot of coaches and a lot of them are like young coaches, like 20 years, 20 year coaches, 20 year old coaches. Jeez, I got to work on my speech. Um, but young coaches and like, they're like, how do I create content? How do I do it? I'm like, you got to go live a life, bro. That's worth creating content for. And it's not that <laughs> that's not like the, to be an old head to like, you have to do no. it for 20 years, but it's like this year, go read 20 books, go do a bunch of shit around you. Like just have a life worth telling, you know, a story worth telling. And just so many people don't have that. And of course it's hard to make content. Of course it's hard to be interesting. Of course you have that feeling of inadequacy. And I just think reading can be such an easy way to like, stay one you can start doing that and you're going to start feeling better about yourself like oh i read that i have a deeper understanding of that maybe i can have a conversation with somebody in a sauna and now now i'm talking to people and like i have something worth sharing and i i think there's a lot of power there that kind of kind of goes missing because we're, we're watching tiktoks in bed instead of reading yeah that's uh that's tomorrow's jst post we're watching tiktoks in bed instead of reading that's that's our that's our pandemic. Yeah, that's, that's our the, pandemic. That's we got to fix that. It's uh yeah, and and some of the things are so relatable as well. Like um, give more be give more be more. What's his name? Joe. Oh, uh, Jeff. Love it, Jeff. So, yeah, so, dude, so he's he, a dog. He put up a thing. He put up a thing. I really like him. He uh, there's a lot of things I don't like uh about his training and stuff like that. But there's a lot of things I do like. And he's like just him, him as a person. I love him as a person. I think he's awesome. And uh, yeah, so give more, be more. And he he had this thing on your podcast, which was like fail forward. And uh, I put that in my bio, fail forward. And I was, was gonna like, ask you about time. that. That's crazy. So that's what Jeff. Yeah, yeah. And I remember him saying it, and I was like. There's so many things that are just uh, so relatable to a lot of people who are very successful and that, that a lot of them have just like constantly fucking failed, constantly failed. And I know I, I've heard about your story, uh, your story told on, uh, on your own podcast on the back pocket as well. And uh, the back pocket podcast and it just how hard it is uh, as a gym owner, just trying to not only make ends meet, but like, okay, how am I going to do this? How am I going to make a career out of this? How am I going to, how am I going to succeed in life with this? And, uh, like when I read even recently, uh, when I read Stephen King's book on writing and I heard, I got that as a recommendation from a Tony Holler episode that you had, uh, that you had interviewed him on, uh, you had him on JST and, uh, I read that and I was like, fuck man, this is another guy who's so successful. And some of his, like his, uh, his story of, of, like he had no money. He had, he had, he had like, he had a, a cork board and he had like, it was so thick from all rejection papers. Um, just like his books being rejected uh, constantly. And it was just like this constantly fucking fail forward moment of just like, okay, I'm just going to write another one. I'm just going to do it again. I'm just going to do it again. And his, uh, his book was so inspiring to me. I was just like, okay, I, I was working on the, on the weightlifting handbook and I was like, fuck it. He's fucking been rejected so many times. He's written 50 successful novels, uh, best-selling author. I'm just, what am I? Like, I just got to keep going. I just got to keep going. I just got to keep, uh, I just got to keep grinding and, and uh, 
keep upskilling and it was so it was so relatable because there's people who are so successful you don't you don't see any of that um you don't see any of their their struggles you just see that final that final thing at the end and uh yeah that fail forward really rings true to me yeah that made me think of uh one of my favorite quotes from Nietzsche is like man either is or he isn't and and like just like his whole, I mean he's pretty against faith like strongly against faith and religion but his whole thing is like just you either are and you go do it and you make it fucking happen or you're not uh and he's like you don't sit in this like basically and this is me deciphering it in fucking 2023 but how i took it's like you don't sit in that bullshit middle ground of like oh well i could or oh that's my like it's like you either go like you you put it out there you fail and he's like you know you're talking about like the failure and like obviously his whole thing is like failing and suffering are beautiful parts of life like and it's either you go do that and then you keep going and you keep doing that and you keep growing from that and keep moving forward and man is or you sit in the like like where a lot of coaches and people sit where it's like you don't do anything man either is or isn't um and like the way that he said that because it's so and that's not to say like i don't totally throw out the belief of faith like i think faith for a lot just having a light to look at i mean that's what inspiration like we, we look at people we're like oh fuck it's possible like that, that to me that's faith like there's something there i i also have a deep belief that like the universe the god whoever created us has a good will for us to be here like i i, I believe that nietzsche that's just not. a good way to live life i think i think that's just <laughs> a, that's that's a good outlook to to have if that's a good person you want you want to have uh in the world man that's that's what we want yeah and so like i i, I believe like i still believe in that but like one of his like things is like again it goes back to it empowers somebody that like if you are not like you have the ability to go be and it has nothing to do with faith. It has nothing to do with somebody like shunning you or saying it's bad. It's like, I, I don't know. I just read that. I was like, wow, that's, it's tough. And it's strong. Like man either is or he isn't like just saying that to someone like you're not like <laughs> you look at some, like a young strength, like you're not like just go tell like that's hard to say to somebody and it's hard to take and you look like a dick, but it's like, I also feel like the, the back end of it's so empowering because you can become, you know, like it, rather than sitting in the faith based or like, hoping or whatever it is that that he was he was talking about in that sector of the book it was just like you you, you have the ability to go do it you can go do it and I, for some reason that was just super super strongly empowering to me i'm like fuck yeah dude like if i want to go make this like i'm gonna i'm gonna do it you know like stop i don't know stop sitting in the bullshit middle ground of hopefully it's gonna work out or whatever it's gonna work like you can still have those intrinsic beliefs but also go fucking do something with your life you know go do your job as a human being on this planet yeah i agree i agree you okay. uh i don't i don't feel like i don't have any value to add to that <laughs> well i've been going on too many rants this podcast it's like god dang it yeah. no 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 it's been solid oh yeah what else anything else what what are you what, what's like uh i got i got my final i know what my final question is i gotta write that down because i thought about it and i thought oh, it'd be fuck. funny but um what's uh What's kind of this next year look like? You talked about your last year goals. What, 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 you got anything big coming up? Anything, anything cool? Uh, I think next year is uh, the year of the family, to be honest. Uh, we want to have a family. My, uh, I get married in, in January. So end of Jan. Uh, so congrats, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, be, becoming a dad would be probably like the highlight of 2024 so long-term like, athletic development starts now bro yeah yeah that's it my man doing the drop catches from day one that's it he's gonna be doing them long 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 hold isos chin up iso <laughs> no he's uh yeah no it's uh that's probably gonna be pretty special and then 
yeah, this year was a year of like, for me, uh, setting, setting the business up. So yeah, setting a lot of those things up online, having some, having like a passive income source, which I think is so important, uh, online, having, having a presence online, which I've achieved, which I think I've achieved and, and starting to be able to like build, like start to lay the foundations for, for future. And hopefully it's just, you know, I was speaking about this with David Gray, uh, uh, and I was saying to him, like, you know, like, it's just like momentum. It's just this like moment. He was saying to me, you know, momentous years, like they just kind of like, you, you're going to create long-term success by just having this constant momentum. Like you achieve, you just achieve these, these uh, big things each year. They all just keep uh, building on top of each other. So this year was a year of like, you know, sit, releasing an ebook, putting out like an education portal, which I'm really passionate about and just, and just having a really uh, laser focused approach to the things I'm doing. Whereas, you know, I've explored lots of different things over the years with the business, with online, I know what works and I know who I am and what I want to do. So I need to now, now it's time to like, okay, next year, I'm just going to leverage it. I'm just going to turn it up a bit more. These foundations are set. Uh, Yeah that that's that's uh next year there's a few things that i'm excited to announce in the next couple of couple of weeks but we'll uh you got they they got to follow you to figure that out bro yeah they do they yeah yeah gonna... i like that little cliffhanger <laughs> that's good that's big iq there uh one of the things you said you said you said you know who you are and you know what your business wants to be okay i remember the moment where it's like i i was in that boat where i was trying a bunch of shit and then there was just a moment for me where i was like oh it's again those oh fuck it's like oh fuck this is who i am this is what i want to be from that moment forward, everything else cleared. And it's not that it's all not mucky ever or everything is complete, but it was just like, wow, this is where I want to take this. And this is, and then, and then you can market, you can put everything into that pot. Did you have a moment where it was like that for you to where you're like, oh, this is what I've been trying to get at through this whole journey of things. And if so, was there something that led to that moment for you or just kind of your thought process there? Because that's a big struggle for a lot of coaches. And I'd like to hear your story too. I, I've talked about mine a lot. Uh, I think social media helped me do that. So posting and stuff like that helped me do that. And when I, I, I think there was some posts I was doing where I was just like, fuck it. This is just a dumb post. This is just me being myself. And they just started hitting and they just started mm -hmm. going well. And other coaches started messaging me. And they're like, I love this. And I'm like, really? This is fucking goofy as, or this is, uh, you thought this was a cool idea. I just thought this was like, this is just random thoughts. I just sat down and put it out. And um, whether it was like on training or whether it was like, just like the goofy, um, uh, like training reels that we do at the gym, uh, stuff like that. I feel like it was just me being myself and, and I don't know. I feel like I tried to make things so like clean and professional and fucking, you know, like you know, what's the font and stuff like that, where it's like, who the fuck gives a shit? No, no one cares about any of that. They care about if you're going to write, what are the words? They didn't matter. So, um, yeah, it was, it was yeah, it was definitely took a long time. To, I feel like to get to that point, uh, and there was a lot of like exploring. But I feel like the things that I thought were valued in this field, which were like professionalism, uh, you know, how things looked, those are the things that that matter the least. So it was like a flipping. It was like how well can you convey your, you know, in real life. Uh, I make a lot of jokes. Uh, I'm like a funny asshole, like Jake. Uh, and uh, if I can just convey that. I'm sweet. So it's, it's a matter of like me trying to put that out to other people. And uh, this is a fine line because it comes too savage, but uh, yeah, I feel like, I don't know if there was a specific moment, but it was definitely 
the this gradual kind of evolution and i look back and i look back at like uh the beginning of posting like maybe a year ago i just said to myself i'm just going to do a post every day i'm just going to try and do a post a day and yeah that that led me to to be i guess more comfortable with who i am and what i want to achieve and also realizing like okay people what are people what are people constantly ask me for what do people constantly look to me for and that it's it's like okay well they're looking to me as as a as a guide or they're looking to me at, uh to be like a I don't know, someone to manage their training rather than just like, no one's looking at me and be like, you know, you're a horse. Can you turn me into like, I want to be a Will Rattel. Like that's not who, I know that's not who I am. So I'm, I'm like, I want to be an, an authority in this field. I want to be a, a an educator in this field. Uh, um, I want to be the standard. So that, so for me, it's like, okay, in order to be the standard, well, you need to have, you need to have like a really simple model to put your information out through so people can just access it quite easily and understand your thought process really easily. So for me, that was like, okay, education, that's what, I, that's what I want to go down onto, but then not making education lame and shit, uh, which <laughs> a lot of people do. So making it fun. Yeah, so, that, yeah. that that's, I, I like that rant because that, that that's, you talk about the small, well, one, the power of posting every day, I think, is one of the most important things anybody in our field can do because it bullies you into greatness. I talk about bullying into greatness. You want to go figure out if you actually know what the fuck you're talking about and what you actually want to talk about and all of it. Like, go post a day, every single day for a year and figure that out because it's going to force you to be creative. It's going to force you to ha develop a personality, which so many coaches just need to develop a personality. It's going to force you to learn how to, like, convey your message in a way that is understandable and quick and if you can't do it on social media, you can't do it with your athletes. You're lying to yourself because the, the athletes, like that's how they absorb information now, like quick, funny, like what what's in it for me like that. If you can't do it on social media, you can't do it in real life. You're lying to yourself. Um, And there's so much growth there that can happen to where, especially when you have a shit post or you have fucking two months of shit posts, you're like, Oh my God, this sucks. And you're like, yeah, cause you suck. Like go fix it. Like that's so empowering to be able to, but you don't know it unless you do it. And then the, you talk about like the professionalism. It's like, I would like, like you, you focus on the small things when you don't have the big things in place. So it's like, you always focus on professionalism and all these tiny things because you know, you can't, you know, you're not it, you know, you're not funny. You know, you're not like being able to do the content. So you have to focus on the font. I've 1 million percent been there in my life too. It's like, it's the that, dude with the small dick who has the nice car. It's like, you, 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 you're compensating. Like, what are you compensating for man? Like you got the best Photoshop templates, but the information shit, like <laughs> no one wants you. Like no one wants to dance with you. No one wants to, no one wants you. That's it's so true though and like once you get out yes. of that like that that thought process and like again you talk about like some of the silly posts you did like every single post that has gone big for me has been a dumbass post or like a stupid better meme. than ventress like, that than one Ventress. and we just bro we had a meme go for seven million and it's still going on the insider <laughs> and it's like bro i i took mushrooms and watched the avengers and I'm like, bro, that's funny. I got it. and like I made the post well on mushrooms, making like watching the Avengers at like 10 p.m. at night and posted it and it went for seven million. Like this, bro, there's I don't know, man. There, there's so much there if you're just yourself and like what you find funny or what you find educating. Cause it doesn't always have to be humor either. It can be like you find something cool, you find something that's educating. Like, but that comes out in your post. Like your soul comes out in the post, and you just look at some posts, you're like, that is such a dead post. Like you were bored typing yeah. that the reader is killing themselves reading it, you know, like it is brutal and man. Yeah. I don't know. There, there's so much there to just like, you, you gotta like the content creation piece. You gotta, and you like it by being yourself and just displaying like the things that you're actually interested in.
Yeah. And it's, it's a skill. Like there's, there's certain constraints that social media places on you when you do things and it's not for everyone. So I don't expect everyone to succeed on one platform, but there's so many platforms. So you're probably going to find one that you're good at. And when you do that, you're probably going to kill it. Like, yeah. <laughs> All right. Final question of the podcast. Um, how do I not suck at snatching? How do you, that, not that's suck? your mission. <laughs> yep. What, what, how are you fixing uh, me? What's how are you fixing I've, me? What's your journey here? I've seen I've seen your snatch. Uh, so I think from memory, uh, it's very slow. So it's very very slow. So so you low catch and a the lot bar. of arm pull. Yeah, so you catch the bar at its heaviest point. So when you get under the bar, the bar's falling on you. So rather than when you make contact or when you pop the bar off your hips, you there's this moment of weightlessness and the bar is accelerating as you're getting under it. When you've done your snatches, uh, I get the impression that you feel it, it feels heavy at the bottom, but then it probably feels like quite light throughout the whole pool. Um, so if, if I was to help you with that, uh, you, you need to work on like, I would just be getting you to just be doing some, some fast power snatches, some very explosive ones from the hip. Uh, don't worry about pulling it too high. Once you make contact, like the bar is going to float to your belly button and then you need to get under it. So you need to focus on, uh, trying to be more powerful mid thigh. So that's where a lot of your, like, that's where the most propulsion, the most explosive, most overcoming phase of the lift is going to be. It's going to be mid thigh, you know, that delayed knee extension, uh, trying to use your hip there. So the bar is actually accelerating rather than you pulling it really high and using your arms and having your elbows back. And then just like the bar crashing on you down the bottom. That's from what I've seen from you. God damn like, that, was, that was an off the I never got just so everyone. I've seen like one snatch. I've seen like one or two. <laughs> I didn't prep him with this question and he just went off on a whole rant off one video that he saw. That's a god, that's good. That's a savant right there. Um, and you're told so I did Sorry, um and I didn't do this on purpose. I was just fucking around with snatches um off of pins and I did them off pins, and it was the best the snatches ever felt. Yes, you're good. Yeah, so it would feel you're a fucking lot good. I was my first, like, I did the same thing, like, from the, I was like, oh, my God, this is what it's explosive, and I was doing, I was, like, matching my, like, what I was doing off the floor from the pins, because it just felt so much, but, like, it felt, like, weightless going through. Yeah, the main thing with, with the pins is you just want to make sure you're not yanking it off the pins, like, you want to make sure you're still taking the slack out, you're still building a lot of tension, rather than just trying to think about the pins as overcoming inertia, like, a lot of people think of, like, the pins as, like, okay, that's the start of the second pull, where it's, like, it still kind of has that first pull where you have to slowly come off the pins, and then explode mid-thigh, otherwise, if you do that, you can fuck your timing up when you get heavier, um but yeah that's that's awesome that's great that you had that experience i've i just saw i remember seeing one snatch from you uh in like a training montage uh and will shared it so i, I watched it in that and i just remember remember seeing it yeah well that's good that's, sorry, good stuff that, that's a big brain activity well bro <laughs> thanks for being on this is fucking awesome i told him i'm gonna have the quickest turnaround ever uh, we're gonna have this posted in like 30 minutes so we didn't say anything cancelable on here no we did but we're not gonna get canceled on here so that's good I guess no we're not we're not no, so good. Austin, this was one of my goals for the year and I'm I'm pumped, dude. I'm so I'm so happy. Fuck yeah. I, bro, I'm making my goal to come visit you in 2024 and I'm gonna manifest that <laughs> shit, bro. That's I'm gonna come make a trip out there. But uh this is awesome. Thank you for being on the podcast. Anytime, anytime. Top five shirt. So <laughs> top five see. shirt and it's not four, three, two, or one. Let's go. Thank you guys for listening. Keep chopping wood. Boom. Thank you for listening. Join us next week as we dive down another rabbit hole. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a five-star rating. Follow us on Instagram at Austin Yoakum to stay updated on future podcast guests.
Keep chopping wood. 